hey guys um might i just share something with you guys i want to remind you that i do have a patreon page for those that are not familiar with that it's an easy way for um, those interested in my work to see new exclusive content and updates before anyone else and it's also an opportunity to contribute to the show to help with a project that will be rolled out and as well as um the opportunities i have to give back to the community by contributing as little as one dollar per month yes i do not discriminate against money you can actually contribute to the show as one of my listeners and supporters i'd like to invite you to be a stakeholder on the show as well if you're interested in becoming one of my patrons please help me and lay the foundation for what i hope to be a great ongoing project the most stable show if you're not in a position to become my patron to financially contribute to the show that's no worries at all your support still means the world to me um if you're unable to donate financially another way you can help is to spread the word every time you get announcements about new episodes please share it on your page and maybe even adding a few words about what each episode means to you and things like that that goes a long way to promote the visibility of the page so whether you can afford to pay at least a dollar a month or not um I just crave your indulgence to help spread the word about the show. I was a little bit uncomfortable asking for money, but I found needs to like be able to use money as a vehicle to help more. Um, some of you might know um, a few episodes ago, I brought in a guest that has schizophrenia and I wanted to get him back on her medication. So I raised a fundraiser on my Facebook page and within days, um, I had raised more than enough money that I needed for her to give her for a year of um, medications. So that's something we did. So I want to keep this open-ended so that way every time we have opportunities to give back to the community i don't have to necessarily start a fundraiser so thank you all um and i do appreciate your support and thank you for giving me courage to keep this platform going now enjoy the show hello everyone i am Sibel, and this is the more Sibel podcast Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the Most Civil Podcast, a podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for Blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Most Civil Nigerian Born, US educated Korean speaking, struggling intellectual. Soberly and in reverence, I, will, I approach this topic not as somebody that knows it all, but someone that has, at least I would say, gotten a good understanding of the Bible and even observing the body of Christ. So um, there's a recent event that happened, well, I'll call it recent because this is like the second wave of, um, what's the word, sensitization around the news that I've heard. So it's about a well-known pastor who um, pastors uh, one of the mega churches in my country, Nigeria, um, was caught in a sex scandal. Um, as at today, 6th of June, time of this recording, I haven't heard or seen any official response from the church regarding what happened. So the way it was even broken, the way the news was broken was through social media by a famous singer, you know, talking about the hurt and the anger and just how men of God have used their power to abuse, you know, those, their members. And I'll speak a little bit on just why I disagree with that approach. So um, I wanted to do something about this topic. Like I said, I try not to, because these are like spiritual matters, even though they're not always spiritual, but it's regarding the church and it's, it's regarding God and authority. And so one has to even go forward with just a form of reverence and understanding that judgment is not something we as models have you know, control over. But what we can speak to is just some of the brokenness we've seen, we've seen around the church and how we as Christians, the body of Christ, Christians, regardless of what denomination you, believe, you belong to, 
whether you're Catholic or not, if you profess Christ as a savior, you are a Christian. You, we are all one body, okay? Um, how can we, what are the opportunities for growth individually and also uh, opportunities for growth for those that are, have been called, have been anointed to preside over us? So in talking to a mentor of mine about this, he told me that he found somebody that wanted to come on the show to talk about it on a very personal level. So I, I chatted with this person just before taping this. It's going to be a very short um, taping, by the way. And we just talked about a lot of context. So just to bring you guys up to speed, um, she used to go to this church as well, as well as her sister. And she had a bit of an encounter with the pastor in question that was suggestive of something inappropriate that could have ended up happening. But she was able to extract herself from the situation. And she got to a point where she found God more for herself and she grew in that wisdom. However, her sister wasn't very quite lucky because she was very close to this pastor as far as if you think about workers serving in the church. And so that's what we're going to just talk about, um, the personal hurts, the, the personal experience, and what are some of the um, opportunities, like I said, for growth within the church. I am not going to mention her name. She's Nigerian. That's all we need to know. So for the purpose of just um, giving her um, some form of anonymity, giving the weight of this topic, I'm going to refer to her sis from now on. So everyone join me in welcoming sis to the show. So hello, sis. Hi, hi. Yes. Good, good. Um, did I miss anything else? Is there anything you wanted to add to that before we delve into the topic? No, no, thank you very much. Just um, I'll make a few clarifications as we go along. Okay. Um, basically, right. uh, my clarification is that I never really attended um, COSA. Oh, I see. Sorry about that. I mixed it up then. No, that's fine. Okay. My sister did, and okay. she was the one um, she attended the COSA branch in Eloring then, and um, because of her, how closely she was working with the pastor, yeah. um, became a family friend. Okay. So that's really how I got to know um, Pastor. Oh, I Diego. see, the pastor. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. So um, I think when you and I were talking, it's, we, we were able to, at least we, we found some middle ground, a lot of middle ground, actually. Not so we started out arguing or anything now. We found a lot because from the way you were talking to me, I was able to, was able to help me even align some of the notes I had made in preparation for writing about this. So I think one of the big things we really picked on was just the culture of the church as a whole, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Give the listeners a few, a few context. Um, the way the Nigerian churches for, uh, um, for the, for the let's just say generally speaking, is run is more like a one-man organizational leadership where the yeah. pastor isn't um, sometimes not accountable to anybody else within the church. Because usually mm. as a pastor, you start your church, right? You pray, it grows, it brings in people that can, big spenders that can help your church grow. And then that snowballs into something that becomes a mega church. So by the time mm. it becomes that level of a mega church, you may have some mentors in the field, some bishops, but they don't have any um, executive control over your church. It's your church. Mm. And which I think that can be very problematic. I don't think that's how... A church to be run in my opinion because um and i draw this from my experience here in the u.s and i think i shared that example with you sis how in my church here in america by the way which is a non-denominational church we have um board of pastors or let's yeah. just call them board of directors so the pastor is not like the head pastor mm. for most of the um non-denominational churches so mm. in such a way that if a pastor misbehaves he's accountable to some other people and they can review his performance if he has to step down. And I've heard of cases, not in my church. Um, here in Oklahoma, a pastor was caught in a scandal. He actually approached the church 
and told him about the sin of adultery that he was involved in. He, he was asked to step down, and he did. Mm. You know, he he I think he repented of his sin and he wanted to just be very open. So we talked about that. So um, in in light of this case, let's just even dial the notch back a little bit. Um, so what has it been like, especially for your sister? Because like I said, I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt involved. But you talking to me now and it coming from a personal experience, I feel like there's still some level of culpability that I see that it's so hard for us to at least sweep under the rug like we'll do as Nigerians. Like, don't talk about it. If you talk about it, it becomes more and more, you know, it becomes worse. Well, um, so the truth is, for my sister, the, the issue mainly has been what happened to those around her. Okay. Really, what happened to her? Because um, unfortunately, there were people that she served with in the church who have been scarred um, by some of their or through some of the interactions they had with um with the pastor, Pastor Biodun. And um, I also shared the experience I had um, with him, um, with you, which yeah. I had tell my sister about and of course um that affected her because we met him through her <sighs> she said some of the people who were scarred are people that she introduced to the ministry so you know how you feel responsible that yeah uh, almost like those pyramid schemes or those mmm you and they yeah. lose their money and you start having that good that i was going to introduce them to this you know scheme and all that <laughs> you know uh, i'm the one that introduced them um i'm the one that brought them here i've gone mm. out those and then only for this you know these precious souls to be scarred so basically that's how she she feels about it and still feels and i guess of course uh, because he now came close to home when um i had that interaction with him mm-hmm. course, yeah he, the one you told me about mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that really hurts her as well. Um, she's moving past it, finding herself again, finding um, the word of God, rediscovering God all over again. But yeah. of course, sometimes because we're human, it also might make it a bit more difficult to trust. Mm. Trust other leaders. Um um, of course, the Bible tells us to test all spirits, but yes, you, test know, all spirit, yeah. you might then take it a notch higher, you know, really scrutinizing and screening. I find that even on a personal note, sometimes it also might um, stop you a little bit from serving, you know, as effectively as you could have, um, just because you wonder what could be going on behind closed doors. Mm your service what we tell ourselves when we serve is that we're serving up to god yeah no man not to men but mm. in the reality sometimes in the Nigerian church we act like we are not serving god <laughs> we're serving um our pastors we're serving their ambitions and sometimes when things like this happen you start to reevaluate what you're doing and it could make you take you know some steps back yeah which you know really might not be what is right to do at that time but you know based on that experience it's not always easy to just shake it off and move on 
I mean, um, thanks for sharing that, by the way. And okay, let's even talk about how it was announced in the first place by that popular musician. And my biggest issue with that is I see why that was done because we know that there was a wave of it that happened six years ago. And then, like all things, internet, another breaking viral news, we cover it up and it becomes like secondhand news, right? Yeah. And of course, I don't think there was a cool enough period. We just felt like there was a cool enough period because we didn't hear anything about it. Now, the only time, I f- the only reason I think is even rising up right now is maybe there's something more going on that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was an opportunity for the church as a whole, the elders, if, if we were to call them that, to mm-hmm. intervene, you know, because it was brought to the public because, in my opinion, maybe something wasn't done about that. And now that is out there, even that opportunity, you know how the Bible says if somebody offends you, you know, take it to the elders of the church. That, that opportunity has, you know, that ship has sailed. We can't yeah. take it back. So one thing I'm learning now is by drawing boundaries, through the book boundaries is triangulation. So if somebody offends you, if I'm going to tell another friend of ours, I have succeeded in alienating that friend of ours, you know, by telling a third person. Yeah. And myself and this other friend might make up, but the third person already has his bad opinion about this person. And that's how that seed of distrust grows. If, if your father or somebody in your, in your family, because as, as the church, let's draw some lines. It's also says them, right? The body of Christ. If your dad offended you, and you go on Facebook and start ranting about it. It's there on Facebook. Everybody sees, oh, this person's dad, oh, not responsible. Ooh. Let's just say along the line, yeah, your dad make up. But you can't take those words back. Yeah. You know? And that's why I find that the news breaking out that way, like, what did you achieve with it? Mm, mm. I, I see your point. I totally agree because um, at the end of the day, um, what you have at the social media jurors is mm-hmm. yeah. uh, just going over the case and people throwing insults at each other, which is not really what you want to achieve with such a sensitive topic. However, I think the problem is that the Nigerian church, there's no sense them by which people can appropriately report such happenings that's it unfortunately it appears like pastors are untouchable and sometimes when people feel helpless they might do something that irrational because um you rightly said that it happened some years ago and i guess that to most christians like me Mm-hmm. We expected that may, there would be elders to intervene, or that he had a you know a spiritual father, yes, or leaders that would you know step in, take charge, you know, call everything to order, mm-hmm. you know, or an official statement, an apology, because the maybe church, even not to the public, at least to the members of the church, you yeah, know, yeah. of Christ, of Christ, mm-hmm. serve it. They deserve to know about these things. They have all those conflicts going on in their hearts. I won't be surprised if some people stop being consistent in church, stop being consistent in the things of God just because of, you know, that scandal. So it's important that it's not swept under the carpet. It's important it's addressed. But people sometimes don't know how to address it. They don't know where to go. And because they don't know where to go or they do not trust even the channel that they think is available, because that's another thing, Sometimes they might have explored it and it was, um, you know, swept away. Yeah. 
then resort to you know such a public means of addressing it yeah so really uh, yeah that doesn't achieve much at the end of the day except to maybe bring more if you would say more negativity that's it and and i feel like those are probably affected like it it being there hasn't assuaged the wound that i feel you know yeah and best believe it something's gonna happen tomorrow maybe you know oh we're moving on to the next sensation yeah yeah fortunately so yeah and it's something uh that should be addressed through you know proper means but as i say it i cannot think of the unfortunately i cannot think of a proper means um some people especially if you're a pastor of a mega church you're so highly placed that you're basically untouchable and if you remotely say anything to somebody who is so highly placed especially in our society where respect is so important yeah um, permit me to say we idolize pastors sometimes anyone of reverence we just yes we idolize them and i think it is because there's that um what's the word <sighs> Uh, what's the, I forget the name, but there's something about spirituality mm. that we feel is so abstract and sometimes beyond us. Mm, true. Just think about it. We run the church like we run the country. <laughs> no, the president can lose tomorrow. From we we'll complain, complain, complain. Guess we'll still go out and vote for them. Yeah. You know. So and I draw this um, comparison here. Like in the US, here for you for you to have a church, you have to have some um, criteria to uh, to qualify for a tax exempt status. You have mm. to have a board of initial directors. Okay. And then you prepare a certificate of formation, and then you do you know, your constitutional charter, and then you basically, almost like you are running a company in a way. Mm. Because these taxes are not collecting from you. They have to know that you will qualify for that. Yeah. So I'm well, thinking, where is, where is the Christian Association of Nigeria of this? Are they telling me that there are no elders that can at least speak to this? And we can all raise voices, you know, our voice as one, regardless of what church you go to, what branch you go to, to of pray, course. you know, for those that have been hurt and also to keep praying for our leaders and our church leaders especially. Of course. Of course. It's, um, honestly, I, I, I think the system, the way the church system is run in Nigeria, it's obviously not working. It, it needs to be addressed. Unfortunately, I think even we, the members, of the churches are also fueling this behavior we're adding to it and sometimes you wonder okay is it as a result of you know the kind of society we have is it um because uh, people are quite desperate and feel like um this is how they can you know get what they want because sometimes, if we want to be honest, and people are in church for different reasons, mm-hmm. some people are in church sometimes because they are in need. And in magic, miracle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a miracle. Let my problems go away so I can become richer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. My miracle is in the hands of mm-hmm. this man, so to say, because he's such a powerful pastor. Sometimes we take the God factor away, we forget the man, you know. It's, he's a man. Or she is a woman. Even if they are used by God, they are still men, men. And it's only by the workings of the Holy Spirit that they are able to do what they do. But sometimes we forget it. And, you know, 
it makes it more difficult to address these things when they come up. In fact, we don't even want to believe that it can happen because it then makes us feel like um, some of the things that we've attributed to them, you know, can never happen. Yeah. Okay? Negativity, this kind of vile behavior is coming from this person. It means this person cannot be powerful enough to heal me, powerful enough to um, double my... <laughs> double my offering or double my price mm. or my income, you know. Yeah. I know the so sometimes um you find that the culture generally has a lot of influence on even how we practice Christianity. Very true. Very true. And and I and to speak to that I think anywhere you go there's always a cultural influence. You know, even here in the US there's a cultural influence, you know, that is that seeps into the church. There's no escaping that. And Nigeria is not, you know, unique in that. I think the uniqueness of ours is just how we're so collectivist in our mindset, you know, mm. and how that culture respects respect. You have to respect the man of God. You have to respect your uncle and auntie. Uncle and auntie have been molesting you and groping you. You can't say yeah. because your parents said they're your uncle and your auntie. You have yeah. to respect them. Yeah. And yeah. when we get to that point where our differences are so low, we don't see God for our own selves. We've outsourced our Christianity to a man of God. Yeah, it's it's just easy for them to take you know advantage of us. So an opportunity here is seek God for yourself. What God would tell a man of God, He should have told you first. Exactly. He can the man of God can be someone that will confirm it, but you have to put in the work. If we're being lazy Christians and we're also sort of that to a man of God, not everyone that calls themselves men of God are men of God. And I'm not saying that in particular to anybody. I'm not discrediting the anointing on anybody. I'm just saying, yeah. that even the Bible says, that, I'm not saying that in particular to this person that I'm mentioning, even the Bible says that not everybody who calls my name, you know, knows me. You know, so we have to be very careful as Christians. Find, seek God for yourself. What does God mean to you? Exactly. Are you taking time to seek God through prayers, through reading the word of God? You just start nominal Christian, I go to church on Sunday, fall mm-hmm. on that down and you go home and then wait again to the next one to feel yourself up. Yeah. So these issues that are happening, I'm not trying to blame, put blame on individuals as a whole, but there should be some individual responsibility as well. Definitely, definitely. There should be. And I think really, if very serious allegations are coming up, allegations that in any other society, other things will be happening, then the church cannot be quiet. The church cannot afford to be quiet. It needs to be addressed. I agree. And we have, um, I think, very prominent leaders in 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 our society, prominent Christian leaders who are influential, who, even if they're not directly involved, because we are just in Pentecostal, non-denominational, that distant neighbors, within, yeah. within a workable distance of one another. Yes, you're right, but go exactly. ahead. Exactly, because when one is bruised, then we are all bruised. We're all bruised, that's it. When one is bruised, we're all bruised, yeah. We're all bruised. The last time that um, there was, this scandal came up, Yeah. I couldn't even do something like this because I just felt so bad. Mm. I felt so bad because I just thought that ah, oh, the church, the church of God is is being discredited. That's it. The church of God is being discredited because of this action. I, mm-hmm. I, I, not, I didn't make any comments to anybody I knew about my personal experience. I didn't tell I didn't tell anyone. In fact, I didn't realize that I absolutely never even told my closest friends what happened. But I guess it was my need to protect 
not just the image of the pastor. It was my need to also protect the body of Christ. Yeah, begin to sound like someone that was like, when, these are classic cases you've seen children that were molested as kids. They want to protect their parents. They want to protect everybody around them, even the abuser. Because saying that you're going to rock the boat, you're going to poke the beer. But why is it your place to, why, why is it our place to protect those kind of things? I think one of those things that are out there is an opportunity. I feel like sometimes it's God's way of just showing that this, there's still a life, of, a part of your life you haven't totally surrendered to God. Wow. So are we saying that this scene of adultery, that this scene of, you know, whatever it is the name, adultery, let's call it that way, or fornication, yeah. is that too much for God not to save him from it? Oh no. oh no. So why do we feel like by covering it it's gonna go away? I'm just saying that, Jenna. I'm not trying to attack you or anything. But I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. It's 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 like a classic case of abuse. Sexual abuse, for example. I know. It it's just um you know, as a Christian and as someone who who at least I do my best to win souls, you want to bring people to the knowledge of Christ. Yeah. Sometimes when you hear things like that or when you experience things like that, you just, um, you worry that um, when you go to talk to people, um, they're just going to mock you. Because, of course, a lot of jokes came out of that last experience from unbelievers. Oh, is he one of those, your pastors, you know? And you don't like it when people make such comments, you Mm -hmm. know? um, you feel the need to um, protect the image of the church. But I'm also learning, you know, in my work with God, and this God, the Holy Spirit has been giving me this, this scripture, the, when the Bible says that I will build my church and the gates, and the of, gates of hell shall not prevail. Yes. That God is building his church. Regardless of our behaviors or misbehavings. Guess exactly. what? The kingdom is always going to keep advancing. Are you going to be part of it or not? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's that is the reason why I can even do this. Yeah. I don't even believe like some people do that it's the devil that's attacking the church. Um and that that's why all these things have come up. I feel like it is God's opportunity of redemption. Yes. Involved yes. And for those that have been scarred. That's it. Like God is at work. God is interested ultimately in our soul not in your title because jesus is the leader of the church ultimately yeah um what's that scripture my sister shared a scripture with me today about how jesus do not allow anyone call you rabbi or teacher because yeah. i am your leader yeah. ultimately, this is our leader and what's important is that we fix our eyes on him that's it every one of us not on our pastors because these are i mean these are imperfect people yeah. I've heard of pastors committing suicides. I've heard of pastors just, you know, having drug addiction. Perpetually, the, the God's program has, has always been furthered by imperfect people and imperfect systems. Exactly. I mean, look at David. Jeez. What did yeah. David do? He did it all. Murder, yeah. adultery. I mean, name it. Just name it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think ultimately what, what God, God loves us, even in our filth, in our sin, and he's interested in saving us. Um, even to the pastors who have heard. But it makes it more difficult um, for them to come to a place of true repentance. Yeah. We need to cover it. When we continue to cover those um, shortcomings, cover the sins up, it makes it worse. 
as a human being too it's much further emboldened the leader or emboldened us yes. to even more because you could start to feel invisible like oh i can do whatever i like no one sees me uh when um the cunning that cunning voice of the of dev of the devil of demons says oh no no one watching you can do this you can do that then you know it makes it easier to do those things that don't glorify god so that's it. That's it. we yeah. speak out these things we shouldn't shy away from we shouldn't it. shy away from it speak it out within the congregation like speaking yeah. out if you say that if by not speaking it out and saying it out we're trying to Condense, condense the judgment of God, you know, that we can decide to be the judge or the jury or the executioner in the sense yeah. that if I can control it, then nothing bad is going to happen, right? Exactly. And that can be said of those that really take this on a very hot level. And yeah. to those kind of people, I want to also admonish us, let's be very, very careful. Let's mm. be very careful not to be quick, too quick to jump on this kind of bandwagons and start mm. condemning people. Yeah. It's not in our place. We can mm. call it out, but the judgment let's give it to God. Of course. And I draw an example from when Moses um, married the Kushite lady, the um, Zipporah, the Ethiopian lady. I'm no, you know, theological theologian, but Miriam said something about, you know, about her skin color, and God struck her with leprosy. Mm. I mean, Mar- Moses by marrying someone from outside of a tribe, according to the rules, then something was broken. Legalistic, it was wrong, or the rule was broken. But God saw his motive, which, you know, Miriam and Aaron didn't see. And I wonder, why did God strike Miriam and not Aaron? Yeah, I think motive, isn't it? That's it. Mm. So we need to be very careful to as Christians. When you call out pastors like this, or men of God, how are we doing it? What's the motive behind it? Yeah. So we don't seek the judgment of God on our own lives. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think motive is very important because some people just... uh, just like gist. <laughs> I mean, it's sweet now, you know. <laughs> it's strange. It's a hashtag wording. You know, or sometimes some people just want to, just want to make themselves feel better. Um, um, if they're living in sin or if they're having some struggles, it makes them feel that, okay, I'm not doing so badly if this pastor is doing this. And sometimes um, the motive might also to truly be to discredit that person or discredit yeah. history. Yeah. You know? However, I think um, ultimately, because the Bible says we should always walk in love, we are brothers and sisters. And even um, even though this person might have really hurt so many people, yeah. um, there are many things I've shared already with you that mm-hmm. talk about that are yeah. really terrible that have happened to some people. That you know personally. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. That have happened. However, what even I need to always remind myself about is that Jesus died for him. Jesus paid the price for his soul. As well. As well. Yeah. That's, 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 that's just trembling to know. Yes. Jesus died for him. The soul of that person out there that I'm interested in winning is no more important than his own soul. So mm-hmm. if you have like I have lists of people that I pray for every now and then, you know, about their salvation. If you have that list of people that even not personally known to you, they're not in the body of Christ yet, and they're important, how much more this person that you know these things about, isn't it important to pray for him as well? 
isn't it important for you to wish him well to 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 expect that he will change because sometimes when we're doing the calling out when we're passing judgment like you said it is almost with the aim that the person will never change the person will remain in his sin yeah continue to do more so that the wrath of god you know like you say can fall on him but no that's what god wants god wants that person to repent whoever he is pastor member wants you to come to full true repentance yeah um god's arms are wide open and their weight is waiting you know and as a as a human being too who was initially very bitter about this that's what i always need to remind myself about that um god is interested yes and just even add to that as a way to wrap up is that in the bible no one has ever you know um escaped the judgment of god Mm. no one Mm. and how much more those that he calls beloved those that he calls you know his bride ship you know so let's leave let's leave let's leave that to god but while on earth here i just want to say something to those that have been affected you know through this please seek counseling very important it's sexual abuse of any kind is bad enough now when you put in that mixture of um esotericism with spirituality it's double doubly crushed there's a double crush because Mm. you you had twice the amount of faith and trust in this person you know and so in in if you're still in christ and you still now you having a deeper understanding of christ i commend you for not leaving but still seek help find a counselor and find somebody if you can't afford a counselor to talk about these issues because the trauma from them perhaps maybe your name was mentioned as one of those that were affected i don't know how i don't even know any name affected because I, I i i just avoided reading a lot about these things that happened depression trauma ptsd hypervigilance sleep issues suicidal thoughts just a, just some slew of things that could necessarily you know come from this it doesn't mean that god is making this happen to you again mm. just that you have to take of take care of your earthly body while you're still working on your spiritual soul your, your spirit and soul because those are physical manifestations it's like a soldier that has been to war like you can be home right now but the the horrors of war are still going to be with you so please seek yeah. professional help very important yeah you wanted to say some places yes i wanted to say that and um seek professional help and it also helps to to forgive him hmm. because um unforgiveness it's um is like a cancer that eats into you yeah i like to remind myself that our enemy is actually the devil you know and of course he perpetrates his acts through people mm-hmm. so even though this person you trust betrayed your you know your trust this person who you honored this person who is in a position of influence you feel might he has exploited you however to heal from that you will need to forgive him mm-hmm. another thing is to remember that it's not god that made it happen it's man 
And just as before, man is imperfect. Man will fail. Yeah. But God fails. Yeah. And, yeah. and no matter how much you're hurting, like, just remember that as you're hurting, God is hurting as well. Mm. It's had breaks for you. And I hope you seek solace in him, not in, you know, what your pastor can do or lay hands on you for now. Perhaps use this opportunity to find out what are some steps I could have taken. Mm, true. Not to put blame on you that it happened to you, but ask God to teach you so you don't fall victim of that next time. Mm. What are some mm. ways that, you know, I could, and for, for those that have been, that are, I mean, if you're, if a pastor abusing your congregation, listen to this. Kindly of yield yourself to Christ, you know? And I want to also speak to the elders, like, they need, there needs to be a structure in the body of Christ in Nigeria. Mm. There needs to be a way we can hold erring leaders accountable. Mm. I think it's just, if, imagine if a pastor showed up and said, I need you guys to pray for me. I have been suffering from this sin. I was so humble to hear that my pastor is going through stuff. Every oh. now and then, my pastor here in, in, in the U.S., I mean, he hasn't shared anything about sexual sin or anything, by the way. It's just like maybe he talks about him having a bad day or things like his. I find him so relatable on a personal level yeah. that when he's talking about some things, I actually want to listen because I know he's someone that will share. Maybe when he, one time he had like road rage and he talked about, you know, getting a ticket yeah. and all that. I mean, I found him, I find him more relatable. So that I can relate with on some levels. So if, if we think that sexual sin, and I say this again, adultery and whatnot, is a special class category of sin. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not a special label. It's still sin in front of God. Of and Jesus died for that. As he was lying on that cross, he didn't go like, mm, you know, um, this sexual sin, can we just put it aside? It's too much for me. I can take the other ones. I'm just going to leave that one for now. No. He died for all of our sins. Yeah. So let us sink in, guys. Mm, mm, mm. <sighs> anyway, I'll keep praying for your sister and others like her. And mm. I don't even have the words to, the right words to say, but I know that God is still in the business of comforting people and that God is still in the business of healing souls, even where therapy might not be able to get to, to clean out those ruts. Yeah. I know that the power of God is still, like, he's, he's always going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? And so yeah. I'm, I pray for your sister and, and I use this as a point of contact also to those that I might be hurting right now, that yeah. the Holy Spirit will perfect that you know, spirit of that administration in them and their healing shall be made whole. Amen. Amen. That's that's the best we can do right now. While still calling these people out in a in a in a spiritual way as well. Of course. We've talked about what we can do individually, what the church can do, what the body of the church can do, and what the elders can do. And let's mm-hmm. think about this soberly and, and 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 thoughtfully. Yeah. Because when one person bruises, guess what? We all bruise. Whether yeah. you are redeemed or um, house on the rock or whatever faction you belong to. Of course. This is well. Yeah. All right. Yes, I think you've said it all. And um, it's a very sensitive topic, but it's not something we should shy away from. Mm-mm. And I think it's important that we don't allow the world to tell our own story. Yeah, sure. should, should tell the story. So I'm really you know hoping and praying that the church addresses this if they're listening and and that you know the will of god concerning this situation will prevail amen know that what the enemy meant for evil 
God is too for good. Yes. And uh, and God can turn this around, even for for the good of the pastor, even for that same ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of being afraid at the consequences of what could happen, I think it's important that it's addressed, and I'll be praying about it as well. Yes, that's the best we can do. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, you've heard it all. Thank you all for listening, and um, please don't forget to keep our leaders in prayers and especially those that everybody involved in the body of Christ and those that have been affected by this one way or the other. And um catch you guys in another episode of the show. Thank you so much, sis, and I really deeply appreciate your time on the show today. Thank you for having me. All right. Then. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Yes, you too.